good Saturday morning, and welcome to the For the Joy of Gardening by Estabrook. I'm Tom Estabrook, your host, and it's another beautiful Saturday morning, a little overcast, but boy, haven't those trees just decided to wake up. A little bit of rain this past week here, and things are just exploding with growth. It's nice to see we all were kind of sitting around waiting for it to happen, but spring has sprung. Unfortunately, my lawn has just exploded with growth, and I don't have time to mow my lawn. It's Mother's Day weekend. Uh, Let's face it, it's the best time of the year. I was standing in the garden center yesterday, putting out some hanging baskets and talking with customers and just stopped for a second and thought to myself, wow, what an amazing, amazing time of year it is. Everything is just starting to peak in in the garden center. You know, you look out into the nursery and the azaleas are starting to bloom. The hydrangeas have popped. You know, the lilacs are just starting to smell so fragrant. And it's just a wonderful time of year. The perennials, gosh, the perennials, they're just exploding. And, of course, the annuals, it's that time. I was setting up the herb display and just the aroma of the basil and thyme and rosemary and you know, just kind of wafting through the house, and, and a, a lovely lady came in and and just grabbed a hold of this thyme plant that I had and just kind of, you know, fondled it, and the aroma, she just was in her awe, just excited about spring. It's time to start, folks, and it's Mother's Day weekend, and for Mother's Day weekend, it always kind of signifies the start of the planting season is definitely here. There's no holding it back. One of the topics we're going to talk about today a little bit is, is it time to plant and what can you plant? What maybe you might want to wait a little bit on? But it's time. The garden centers are stocked. It's time for you guys to get going. Hopefully you have time to mow your lawn unlike me. But I got plenty of time, and you know, if I have to, I'll get the tractor out and mow the hayfield. But uh, today we're going to be talking a little bit in the second hour with Casello Organics, and Chris Bales is our salesperson, and he's going to be coming into the studio. We're going to be talking a little bit about the history of Casello Organics, a little bit about Nutrimulch. Uh, we've talked a little bit about it on the show. And also, what's kind of going on there? They do a lot of support uh, with products and recycled products for farmers. Uh, so we want to kind of give you an idea what they're all about because that side of the of the their program is not really well known. I had the opportunity of going to one of their sales meetings and speaking, uh, and it was very fascinating to me the amount of work they work with local farmers, dairies, um, using recycled products. So we'll talk a little bit about that with them also. Um, certainly, if you have a question, please don't hesitate to call in. Uh, you can call 775-1310 or 877-393-8255. Uh, we're here from 6 to 8 a.m. Please don't hesitate to call. I know I've talked to a bunch of you in the yard that are, oh, well, I might screw up. It's live radio. Come on, I screw up all the time. It's fine. We'll just go on. We'll enjoy. Uh, you know, I know you have plenty of questions out there because um, you're coming into the garden center and you've got plenty of questions at the garden center and we're always willing to help. So don't hesitate. So, um, 
we're going to talk a little bit uh, today about um, we have a question from Donna in Bath. And we're going to talk a little bit about pruning. Pruning is going to constantly come up on the show because it's one of those things that timing is sensitive and what to do and when and should I fertilize and shouldn't I. And Donna has a question, you know, when butterfly bushes are fertilized, should they be pruned? So let's talk about when butterfly bush should be pruned first. Um, Butterfly bush should be pruned right about now. Right about the time that the chance of frost is done. Now, let's face it, it's Maine, and frost could happen in June. So we always have to be cautious. But at this point, we probably aren't going to have any heavy freezing. We did, in the last couple weeks, have some light frost that did damage some plants. But at this point, the woody plants, like butterfly bush, are probably fine to prune. Um, if it looked like it was going to get really, really cold, maybe we cover them. But butterfly bush is extremely sensitive to freezing after pruning. So at this point, I'd go ahead and take your butterfly bush anywhere from a third to halfway down. Shape it nicely. If you have a branch that really is kind of out of control, don't hesitate to go ahead and take that off at any point during the season. And then I think we should go ahead and fertilize. If you haven't fertilized before you prune, Let's go ahead and fertilize after you prune. Use a nice product like Plant Tone. Um, you know, will enrich the soil by feeding the soil. The plant will do much better. Other plants that probably I would recommend you think about pruning soon. Maybe it's not quite ready. I was on the drive-in today. I was looking at the forsythia, and you can start to see them fading out. It's unfortunate because they have been just glorious this year. With the cool temperatures we've had, the forsythia have bloomed for at least a month, maybe longer in your yard. But you can start to see the leaves emerging. And you're starting to see more green than you are yellow. This is the perfect time to prune your forsythia. You can get aggressive with it if you need to. Go in there, take as much as half, if not more, of the growth right away right now, and then go ahead and fertilize. Now's the time. Don't hesitate on your forsythia. Other things, magnolias, certainly many of the star magnolias like Leonard Messel and Dr. Merrill have started to pass. Now's the time to do that. Your saucer magnolias are just coming on in their glory, whether it be Solangiana or Jane or Anne, some of the little flora hybrids. We're going to wait a little bit. When you start to see those nice petals down on the ground, then is the time to prune. So in general, your spring blooming plants, the azaleas and rhododendrons are really starting to swell. The buds are swelling. Probably your small leaf rhododendrons and your azaleas are starting to bloom. When you start to see blossoms down on the ground, so we either have a heavy rain or a nice wind or they're just passing bloom, you know it's time to shear those. Go in and prune them. Maybe we'll do a little bit of fertilizer after. You may also want to inspect your rhodes for lace bug because that's about the time when it starts to really flare up. Pruning will help take a bit of that insect away, and then we also may want to do a systemic insecticide if you have that problem. If you're not sure what lace bug is, it looks like speckling on the leaves. It's quite common. Uh, It's a modeling of the leaf. Um, Most people think it's just something weird going on with my plant. And don't hesitate to cut off a piece when you go to prune and bring it into the garden center. 
we can quickly diagnose it and help you with the problem. Shad blows are starting to bloom or amelanchier. The aronia or choke cherries are starting to bloom. So things are really starting to happen. I know the perennials in the garden have just exploded with growth. Peonies are up. Daylilies are just exploding. Hosta are just starting to show their heads. Um, a lot of the spring blooming plants like flocks are starting to really take over. Um, be careful about grass growing up in those flocks. Uh, we do have a product called Over the Top uh, that can take grass out of that plant, but you want to be cautious about it. Uh, that's something that customers have been coming in talking about. Uh, so it's time to start pruning. I know it seems really early in the season, but some of these plants, the sooner you get in there and do that, the better shape they're going to be, the more flower buds they're going to have for next year. And, you know, Donna, I want to thank you for kind of spurring this conversation about pruning. If you have questions about pruning, certainly don't hesitate. You can call 877-393-8255 or 775-1310. Um, so many plants, you know, but now's the time to plant. Certainly we've been planting a lot of these trees and shrubs and perennials for probably a month now. And now we're getting into that time frame of should I plant my vegetable garden? Should I put my annual hanging baskets out? Well, certainly Mother's Day weekend is typically the biggest hanging basket weekend we have. And it's because a lot of people like to buy them for gifts. And the biggest question on hanging baskets are, can I put it out? Can I keep it out? Can I, you know, throw it on the porch? Will the wind hurt it? Yes. And yes, and yes, and yes. So important that we're protecting our plants at this time of year. Mother Nature is mean at times to us here in Maine. But hanging baskets are something that are easily taken in if, if needed. You can use them in containers. They're very versatile. You can replant them into a bigger pot if you want to. Just keep in mind, you may want to go ahead and have somebody that can do the heavy lifting if it's going to be cold, or we might need to cover them. But wind is always something that I, I'm most concerned about. I'm most concerned about wind when it comes to hanging baskets because they're hanging on those porch, and that cold wind in the spring coming out of a nice 60 to 65-degree greenhouse and putting it right out there in a 50-degree wind on the water in Kennebunkport, you know, or Scarborough down at Pine Point, it's windy. So if you have a really exposed spot, you might want to be a little more cautious. Maybe purchase something that's going to hold up a little bit better in the wind, like scavola is a good one, or fanflower, um, or one of the petunias, like a supertunias. Those are going to take quite a bit of wind. Obviously, they're full sun plants, so we need to be careful about where we put them, but probably be cautious about begonias. Begonias are one we can use indoors for a while also, even though they're in a hanging basket, if you if you're mother needs a gift and she can't put it outside a hanging begonia might be nice you can pop the hanger off she can use it indoors for a long time it will stay nice in that you know low light environment show a ton of colors everything from yellows to reds to oranges uh, white apple blossom a million different colors 
but that's a good one. We've been selling over the last few days for gifts for folks who don't have a place outdoors. So you can pop the hanger off, but it is time to start planting. Everybody is buying annuals. They're buying vegetables. Just always want to caution this is Maine. Frost is always around the corner. We always look to the full moon in May, and, you know, that is a good, good general rule of thumb. Is it always ironclad? No. Unfortunately, it's not. But when the trees are leafing out, when the plants are flushing growth, when the lawns are greened up, it's much tougher to have frost at this point because the ground is warm. I hope you've gotten out there and rototilled your garden at this point. Are ready. I saw a wonderful picture on Facebook. One of my friends showed a picture last night of his garden all freshly rototilled, and the caption was, ready to plant. It is time to get some of those vegetables in. You know, customers were flocking into the garden center yesterday and, you know, looking for everything. Everything from peas to beans to lettuce, you know, broccoli, cauliflower, cabbage, probably weight on the peppers and tomatoes. It's still a little bit early, but, you know, you always have those anxious people that are worried that the tomatoes and peppers are going to be gone. We'll have plenty. Many of our tomatoes are not ready yet just because we want to time them appropriately so they're not too big for your garden come the end of the month when you really should be planting tomatoes and peppers. We have some very large tomatoes and peppers in one-gallon pots that work very well in a big container. Um, I would recommend you buy the biggest tomato and the biggest pepper that you can afford. It will only give you a much better yield uh, throughout the season. Um, but it's time to plant. If you have questions or concerns, don't hesitate to come into the garden center, ask you know recommendations on how to go ahead and protect these plants if we get cold. And we also sign up for our newsletter at estabrooksonline.com. We send out frost alerts. So if it looks like it's going to get cold, we're going to send you an email. There's nothing better than an email at 5 o'clock on an afternoon when you've been working all day and not thinking about your plants, and we send you an email and it says frost warning. So with that, we're going to go ahead and take a break. We'll be back with more from the Joy of Gardening on News Talk WLOB. We know you have lots of choices when buying plants and garden supplies. But wouldn't you rather come to someone at your local garden center where you know us and we know you? Someone who knows Maine soil, Maine climate, and knows what plants will thrive here. Someone who will make sure you find what you're looking for here or at one of our other independent garden centers. We support each other and work together to satisfy you. Wouldn't you rather come to your local garden center? We're the independent garden centers of Maine at maineigc.com. Do you have planting insurance? You can with Biotone Starter Plus from Mespoma. It's the ultimate starter plant food, and you can use it for everything you plant. Just mix it in with the soil. It works like three products in one to guarantee your success, even in poor soils. The secret is a special blend of natural organic plant food, beneficial microbes, and mycorrhizal fungi. The result is that plants grow faster, roots grow deeper, and flowers and vegetables become more abundant. Maintain your plants with the Tones, a full line of organic plant foods including Holly Tone, Plant Tone, and Rose Tone. 
There's a tone for almost every tree, shrub, flower, or vegetable. Best of all, every Espoma product is safe for people, pets, and the environment. Look for Biotone Starter Plus at your local garden center and visit espoma.com slash videos for product info and valuable gardening tips. Espoma, a natural in the garden since 1929. Welcome back to The Joy of Gardening by Estabrooks. I'm Tom Estabrook, and it's Mother's Day weekend. Glorious time of year in the garden center industry. We're all tired. Up early here on the radio show. Very excited to be here. Third live show. And I hope we're doing a good job for you. We'd love to hear from you. If you uh, would like, call in 775-1310 or 877-393-8255. We're here talking about well we're going to talk about compost and nutrimulch with Casella Organics and uh, Chris Bales will be in the second hour and we're going to go ahead and talk about all kinds of things uh, I do want to thank Lois Stack last week um, got a lot of great 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 comments back about the topic of downy mildew on impatience. And I'm going to keep bringing this up. It's one of those things that we continually are going to have to deal with. Uh, But what I do want to say is great information last week. I want to thank Lois. I also want to thank Andy Aiken for last week, you know, from Proven Winners. We talked a lot about new and different things with Proven Winners. and, And, man, are some of them just unbelievable. Uh, I was putting some of the lemon slice super bells out yesterday afternoon in hanging baskets, and it is a showstopper. Uh, it's it's a plant that I just kind of looked at and went, wow. If you walk about 10 feet away, it looks like just a general yellow. But when, when you walk up, it's got this nice veination in, in the blossom uh, of white, very delicate. I think it's going to be great in a mixed container on the step. I think it's going to be awesome as a hanging basket in a focal area where people are going to walk by your doorway or on your porch. From a distance, it shows up great. Bright yellow, really attractive. Uh, I think it's going to be a, a hit for quite some time, actually. Uh, we've tried a lot of new plants and a lot of new annuals this year. Not all of them are quite ready, uh, but you know, another showstopper um, are some of the different salvias we've we've uh, got this year, and uh, probably the most most fa- the favorite of mine is Oceana Blue. Now, this isn't a new new one, uh, but the hummingbirds, the hummingbirds love it. I had it in a container on our porch last year uh, on our back deck. And the hummingbirds would specifically come to that plant. And, you know, when you're sitting on the the deck enjoying yourself and you just have that hummingbird kind of buzzing around on a nice summer afternoon, you know, it's just kind of, it's a peaceful thing. And uh, when I got up this morning and was getting ready for the radio show, I uh, went out to get in the car and there was four deer in the field and three turkeys out there. And they're all just frolicking around, and I kind of just took a second and stopped. And I think it's important for customers to understand, and it's tough for me, it's a busy time of year, just to stop 
and take in nature right now. Um, when I got to the radio show here, there was two turkeys in the field next to the parking lot here doing their little mating dance, and I just stopped for a second. It's important to stop, just take a look at the bees that are pollinating the plants. The apples are just about ready to flower, and everything's kind of activating right now. This rain has made a huge difference. I'm happy to say we got some rain. I'm not so happy it might be on Mother's Day weekend, but I'm happy we got some rain. I'm sure you're happy because we all were starting to have to water. Tomorrow looks like a fabulous day, 65 degrees, sunny, warm. Happy Mother's Day. Moms deserve a beautiful day, and I want to certainly kind of throw out a shout-out to my mom. I know you're not listening, Mom, because it's too early. <laughs> and uh, I want to thank my mom for everything she does. She works with us, with me and my brother and uh, the rest of our family. Uh, my mom ran a daycare for over 30 years and took care of many, many children and uh, always has been very supportive of not only us but everyone who she's cared for throughout the years and just want to say love you, Mom. And have a happy Mother's Day. I know we're going to have dinner tomorrow night, and I'll see you in a couple hours. But uh, we've got a wonderful caller. We've got Alan from Gorham. Alan, are you Hi, there? Tom. Hi, how are you? Hi, Tom. Good, thanks. I, I'm proud to say I was your second caller. Uh, I remember. <laughs> and I don't think I gave you my name. I, yes. I was so excited to be calling. <laughs> Absolutely. But I, I encourage everyone who is, you know, uh, just sitting around, little uh you know nervous about calling it's 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 fun absolutely (laughs) please call call. in we love it yeah so alan what can we help with today okay well the two questions one is um a a plant i believe it's called gora gora yeah yeah and i have a type called whirling butterflies Mm -hmm. and i sometimes i see it sold as an annual Mm -hmm. and sometimes i see it sold as a perennial (laughs) correct now I thought it would come back, and it didn't. So is there a way to mulch it real good to have it come back? Gora is a tough one, okay? We do consider it a perennial. The tough thing is it likes to grow itself to death. So obviously you enjoy it because it blooms and blooms and blooms and blooms. There's a couple things that usually I recommend um, with Gora. Number one is not too much compost, not too rich, not too much fertilizer, especially after about August 1st. We want to slow the plant down. It loves the heat, so it just wants to explode in the summer months. Don't hesitate to take the flowers off periodically. Have you been doing that? Yes. Okay. So basically by doing that, what we're doing is we're continually to let the plant kind of go. Okay. It keeps flowering and pushing energy and pushing energy. After about August 1st, what I want you to do is stop deadheading it. Stop mm-hmm. cleaning it. If you want it to reproduce, okay, almost set seed and kind of slow down. If we continue to take the flowers off all fall, we run the risk of it not returning just because it's going to continue to push and think, I have to reproduce. Mm-hmm. Okay. Gora is one of those ones. It absolutely gives us a show from start to stop. So... I kind of use it more as an annual personally. 
Um, mm-hmm. We sell it both ways. We have it in the perennial yard. We also sell it in our annuals. Um, it's a great accent in an annual container uh, because it does bloom just like an annual. Uh, so I think that's the that's the catch-22. And I think another plant that is very similar when it comes to perennials are the gallardias. They act kind of the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, and Norm from Springvale, who's given us plenty of questions over the number of weeks here. Norm, if you're out there, we'd love to have you call in. You've sent in plenty of questions. Uh, but we talked with Norm a, a, a while ago about Gallardia also, and it's the same kind of scenario. They almost grow themselves to death as a perennial. Yeah, and I noticed that uh, you know, one year it came back, one year it didn't. So Yeah, you know. and, and whirling butterflies is, is a good one. Um, you know, there are many, Carly Petit Pink, uh, you know, that we've had pretty good success of returning. There are quite a few varieties that are a zone six or zone seven that are more annual based. So, you know, certainly mm-hmm. take a look at the ones we have in our perennial yard. That's always a good, you know, indication. If we're putting them in the perennial yard, we feel like they're going to winter. But again, with some of these plants, it's just always a roll of the dice. Mm-hmm. Especially in Maine, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, we have harsh con- conditions in the winter, but perennials, of course, are always something we're going to lose a little bit here or there, no matter what you have, except for maybe mm-hmm. a daylily or hosta. <laughs> right, right. I, I have another quick question. Absolutely. Just, just a, a comparison. Um, I'm thinking of purchasing the vanilla strawberry, mm. and I have the pinky winky. I wanted to know what the difference was. is. I, I'm having a hard time. Uh, distinguishing that on the uh, internet. Yeah, pictures don't really tell you enough on on the hydrangeas. I mean, they give you a good idea. I guess my general take on the difference is Pinky Winky has a more upright habit, a more open flower, starts out white and fades to a pink quite quickly. I think Mm -hmm. Pinky Winky is going to also be earlier, probably about two weeks earlier in flower time. Mm-hmm. Vanilla strawberry has a very, very large flower. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's it's a more typical flower of our old-fashioned hydrangea, so bigger, fuller, not as open as Pinky Winky. Um, have you seen Quick Fire or or Quick Fire and Pinky Winky are very close, um, but the openness to the flower so. Vanilla strawberry is going to have a very dense flower, going to be one that would be good for, for drying, where Pinky Winky would not. So it's like a lime, lime light type of Very flower. similar flower, just the nice part about it is it's going to go ahead and fade to that pink much quicker than limelight. Okay. I would say very similar in habit. Might have a little bit more weeping, arching vanilla strawberry, like PG Hydrangea, the old-fashioned one you see around all the old farmhouses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think those are the major differences. I can tell you, folks, vanilla strawberry is selling like hotcakes. It is All right. the rage I'll right be, now. I'll be in. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be here. Well, well, Tom, I just tell you, I shut off my radio, and I love the podcast. It's so great, you know, going into work to, to refer to, and it's great. I appreciate so. that. Okay. All right. Thanks uh, for calling. Hope to talk to you, you soon. Take care. Bye. Thanks. See, folks, not so hard. You know, very easy to call in. You know, um, certainly don't hesitate to call 877 393 8255. 
you know, or 775-1310. We're here until 8 o'clock. So certainly a lot going on. Um, Always good if you have questions between varieties because let's face it, you know, our website's a great place to go to get information. You know, obviously you can come into the yard. But if if you have a question about differences in varieties, you know, the garden centers are going to have that knowledge. Many times we get samples of these plants before they're even on the market. I can remember getting a little one-gallon pot of endless summer hydrangea, the blue one that everybody loves to plant right now. I had it three to four years in the ground before it actually came on the market. The uh, nursery, Bailey Nurseries, had hybridized that, sent us a a, a pot and wanted us to plant it and see how it performed. And uh, the plant did quite well, bloomed quite well. Now the plant, unfortunately, we had to move it (laughs) because it got so big. Uh, But I've got one at my house that's about four feet tall, leafing out right to the tip. And that's another plant that we've talked about in the past. You know, blue hydrangeas, when to prune, when not to prune. Hold on, don't prune yet. I'll let you know. It's still early. Uh, Mine is leafing out uh, right to the tip. Right to the tip this year. I've been pretty impressed. Um, we, I did get the new hydrangea we talked about uh, with Ray DeFeo from Pride's Corner Farm. Tough stuff. And I'm impressed with the look of that. Um, the Serata type, uh, either a blue or a pink, lace cap hydrangea. Tough stuff looks to be like the real deal. Um, Serata type, very hardy. I did some more research after the show because obviously I had to add some because he talked about it on the show. But I'm impressed. Uh, the parentage looks good, and uh, it's full of flower buds right now. Not flowering yet, but full of flower buds in the nursery. So if you're coming in looking for a hydrangea, take a look at Tough Stuff. I think it might be a, a, a plant we might want to look at. Obviously, Twist and Shout is a great variety also. Uh, but anyways, so we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more from the Joy of Gardening on News Talk WLOB. Regular old mulch leaving your plants wanting more? Casella Organics Nutri-Mulch is a superior mulch for improving any landscape. Made in Maine from aged native bark and earthlife compost, its dark color and rich texture are ideal for perennials, ornamentals, trees, and shrubs. Earthlife Nutri-Mulch is nutrient stabilized with compost, so the bark doesn't compete with plants for nutrients. Visit CaselaOrganics.com or call 800-4-COMPOST for a source near you. The main gardening season can often feel like a race. With cool early spring weather, this year is shaping up to be more of a sprint. Thankfully, spring has finally arrived and Estabrooks is here to help. With tons of all new plants, tools and supplies, along with your time-tested favorites, Estabrooks has everything you need to hit the ground running this spring. Don't know where to start? The gardening pros at Estabrooks will help you cross the finish line. To learn more, visit estabrooksonline.com. Estabrooks, for the joy of gardening. Are you mom's favorite? With a hanging basket or patio pot from Estabrooks, you could be. Mother's Day is May 12th, and that means there's not much time left to show mom how much you care. 
From hanging baskets spilling with blooms to delightful planters full of her springtime favorites, Estabrooks has everything you need to make it a special day. Best of all, all hanging baskets and patio pots are now 20% off until Mother's Day. To learn more, visit estabrooksonline.com. Estabrooks, for the joy of gardening. Welcome back to The Joy of Gardening by Estabrooks. I'm Tom Estabrook, and it's Mother's Day weekend. I know I can't say it enough. Mom deserves a special plant, and there's too many of them. It was funny. I was watching some of the lovely husbands, fathers, and children walking around just kind of wide-eyed and not sure what to what to buy or what we should get for mom and you know the conversations between the children and the father and the father is just kind of like come on we gotta go and the this nice little young lady said dad we've got to take the time to get mom something special and of course that's what the meaning of mother's day obviously is it's not about the gift it's just you know making sure mom feels special so whatever you can do to do that will help you know whether it be a Nice fresh cup of coffee first thing in the morning. Gosh, I wish I had another cup at this point. But Mother's Day is a special day. Um, Take time out of your day. Slow down. Even if you're away, don't hesitate to just make a phone call. So, Mom, I will see you a little later in the day, obviously. And we'll be working hard. And tomorrow night we'll take a, a little time to have a nice dinner with the rest of the family. And that's going to be our special little Mother's Day, you know, time after a long day of hopefully helping all of you folks. If you are stopping into the garden center in Yarmouth and you see a lovely lady named Alice watering in the uh, in the display house or, or whatnot, just stop her and say, Happy Mother's Day. Your son told me to say Happy Mother's Day. That would make her day. So um, hopefully you'll pop in and do that for me. That would would be something special. And, of course, I know she's not listening because she's not up. So this will be our little secret. Um, Maybe, you know, another 20 minutes or so she might be up uh, and have the show on. So we got it in before she's up, hopefully. If my dad's listening, mum's the word. So, uh, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about vegetables. Um, if you have questions about vegetables, because it's that time of year, don't hesitate to call 775-1310 or 877-393-8255. A lot of folks calling in and trying to figure out what to do with their vegetable garden, whether it be, you know, new. Uh, certainly a lot of people are calling in talking about, should I, should I, uh, add compost you know we're going to talk uh with casello organics um you know in their second hour uh chris bales will be here and we're going to talk about compost and nutrimulch and all kinds of stuff that that they offer uh but look at that we've got a phone call imagine that we've got sean uh he wants to talk veggies good morning sean how are you i'm doing great how about you good you want to talk some vegetables yes uh just uh um just trying to figure out uh, what uh, type of tomato I would plant in a very hot, direct sunlight. Okay, okay. What's your soil like? Um, it's it's a uh, it's a raised bed, so it's uh, I'm, I put compost in there and I made it myself. So 
Oh, wow. So really nice fertile soil, which is good. Nice hot spot is great. A um, couple things I would recommend when you're choosing a, a tomato. Um, number one, how much space you have. Let's figure out how much space you have first. And then we don't want to plant too many in that space. Let's give them enough room to reach their maximum potential. When you're looking at the tag in the garden center or dealing with the staff in the garden center, make sure and talk to them about whether it's determinant or indeterminate. Okay, that is the terms you want to really kind of focus in on. Determinant are going to grow to a certain point. They're going to set their fruit and stop growing and not flower much more. Indeterminant, which most people, the variety they use is like a cherry tomato, like Sweet 100 is an indeterminate. They become a monster plant. But they keep setting fruit all the way until frost. So, you know, they need more room. So if you have a smaller space, you know, look at that. The other thing to talk to us about is whether or not you want something that has more flavor or something that you like the looks of the fruit better. Because some of the heirloom types, like brandywine, the fruit look awful. Okay. It's ugly. You know, it looks like a shriveled up prune, you know, not very appetizing looking nothing you would go to the garden you know to the grocery store and see on the shelf but the flavor is amazing okay so yeah in in the you know the location of my house would be through the through the uh um the side door which everybody actually uses i would probably put a tomato that actually looks good Right, and certainly, you know, that spacing and giving enough room, you won't have as much blight issues. You won't have as much yellowing leaves. You know, obviously, probably your bed's fairly close to some nice water. You might look at putting a soaker hose in there so that you can just turn the hose on and run it for like 10 or 15 minutes. That'll keep the water off of the foliage. And then, obviously, you've put some nice compost in there. Um, You know, a, a nice light top dressing of compost when you plant and then probably some good, you know, fertilizer like garden tone or tomato tone, you know, okay. probably about 10 days after you transplant the plants. Okay. Okay. And, uh, water, you know, watering um, in that area because it is hot. Um, I was thinking of putting a timer on, but do you recommend that or no? Well, I think what you could do is you could put a timer on, but you want to do it limited. You've got really good soil. So if you're going to use a timer, probably my suggestion is let if you put the soaker hose in there, put it on a timer, let it run the middle of the day, the hottest part of the day. Um, my suggestion is probably put it on very limited amount, just enough to kind of get through the water stress, and then probably I would, you know, pick other times to add supplemental water. The, tro- the problem I always find with timers is it's false security. So you think, okay, the timer's running and it's just generally running. Well, where you have that hot spot, it will either water too much or too little. You will come home someday at 3 o'clock and the plants will be extremely heavily wilted because the battery went dead or the plug came unplugged or something happened to the timer and you just thought for days it's been running. And so what will happen is all of a sudden the plants will be extremely stressed. You'll get a lot of yellowing leaves. And while where it's such a focal spot, you probably do want to make sure you're checking that soil on top of relying on the, the timer. Okay, great. Okay. Great, Tom. Well, I uh, appreciate the time and, and answering the questions. You answered all of them. So. All right. Thanks a lot, Sean. Thanks for calling. Thank you. All right. So, you know, vegetable gardening... 
you know, it's not a set it and forget it type scenario. You know, I am not a big proponent of timers and overhead watering systems and stuff like that. I think, you know, with vegetable gardens especially, it's good to be in that garden at least once a day. It's good to be out there working on the weeds, staying ahead of the insects, staying ahead of all the things that are kind of going on. Um, You know, we're going to take a quick break. We'll probably come back and talk a little bit more about vegetable gardens because it's such a huge topic. But uh, we're going to take a quick break. More from The Joy of Gardening on News Talk WLOB. You may not know it, but most lawn fertilizers actually spread chemicals and pesticides across your entire lawn. Until now, that's been the history of lawn care products. It's also why Espoma has developed an affordable, all-natural lawn program that is safe for kids and pets. The program consists of four organic fertilizers that are specifically formulated to keep your lawn green. Each product lasts two and a half times longer than traditional chemical products, and they won't burn your lawn or leach away. You already know Espoma as a name you can trust. They've been making organic plant foods like Holly Tone and Plant Tone for over 84 years. Imagine a great-looking lawn that you're not afraid to walk barefoot on. It's a whole new day in lawn care. Look for Espoma organic lawn food products wherever quality lawn and garden products are sold. And visit Espoma.com slash videos to learn more about organic lawn care. Espoma, a natural in the garden since 1929. At Costa Maine Organic Products, we've known for a long time that plants love lobster just as much as people do. It's one of the reasons we started composting marine residuals back in 1996. And although we've had great success in getting gardeners and their plants hooked on lobster throughout New England, the Mid-Atlantic, and Midwest, the heart and soul of what we do is here in Maine. Plants love lobster because the calcium and chitin in the lobster shells break down in the composting process and become plant-ready food that help to make your plants strong and healthy. And of course, the plants don't use any butter, so they're even healthier. So support your local retailer and Maine's lobster industry by using Coast of Maine's Quaddy Lobster Compost in your garden. Coast of Maine, the lobster compost company. Approved for organic growers by the Maine Organic Farmers and Gardeners Association. Visit us at www.coastofmaine.com. And welcome back to the Joy of Gardening by Estabrooks. I'd like to thank Sean for calling. I know it's early and... uh, we're talking about vegetable gardens, and Sean brought up a good good uh, topic, raised beds. So we'll talk a little bit about raised beds because uh, it is something that we get folks coming into the garden center talking about. And Number one, the big thing is people calling, what should I use for soil in my raised bed? Um, how, we, how we should... Uh, improve the soil if we've had soil in there. Uh, I had a lovely customer call the other day and was concerned she was making a raised bed and couldn't quite figure out how to calculate how much she needed for soil. And most of the time for a raised bed, we recommend super soil. It's a 
50% compost, 50% loam mix, ready to go. You don't have to do any extra work, which is really nice. Uh, we can deliver that, or you can pick it up in bulk in our Yarmouth store. Uh, super soil is nice. I use it in my planting beds also. Uh, it's a great product for a one-stop shop. You don't have to do a lot of mixing. You don't have to do a lot of extra and then I usually top dress all my flower beds and whatnot with Nutramulch. And we're going to be talking with Chris Bales from Casello Organics uh, in the next hour. We're getting towards the end of the first hour. Where's the time go? It's really great uh, that some folks have called in this this week. Uh, I know you're listening because uh, you're coming and talk to me in the in the nursery. Uh, so don't hesitate to call 775-1310 or 877-393. 8255. Uh, we're here until 8 o'clock. Uh, and Chris will be in. We're going to talk more about, uh, you know, compost and Nutramulch and Casello Organics, which is, in, in an essence, a recycling company. So uh, Chris is a great guy, going to be very spirited conversation. So stay on with us. And certainly if you have questions about anything other than compost, don't hesitate because we're here to help. Uh, but vegetables and raised beds, you know, if you need to figure out how much soil you need to fill those beds, it's very easy. Number one, you can go to our west uh, our website, estabrooksonline.com, and we have a calculator on there where you can plug your measurements in. So what we need is length times width times height, which will give us how many cubic yards you need to fill your beds. If you're looking to just top dress a small amount of mulch or compost on your garden, certainly we can do that too. If you're not comfortable with that, don't hesitate to call. Call when you want to do your order, and we can talk you through the process. The biggest thing we need to know is square footage. Okay, so length times width. Um, if you don't know the depth, it's very easy. We have a very quick chart that we can use when you call. Uh, so as long as you know the square footage and the product you want, we can figure it out very easily. Um, that is always the biggest problem for customers. And so figuring out the volume you need, and then on top of that, the super soil is a one-stop shop. If you're looking to fix a lawn or whatnot, you know, certainly just field loam is a great way to go. A little bit less expensive. Let's face it, we've talked numerous times about plow damage, and boy, are we selling a lot of grass seed and loam and whatnot. There's a lot of fungus and, and, uh, and grub problems on lawns right now. The grubs are starting to subside, you know, and now it's time to fix those lawns. So, you know, you might need some new soil. Uh, so loam's going to be your best bet for that. In the next hour, we're going to talk with uh, Casello Organics about Nutramulch specifically because that's the product that we purchased from them. Um, and that's an excellent product. I use it on my beds. We use it at the garden center on all of our beds. Uh, and uh, they use it at the Coastal Maine Botanical Gardens and, uh, you know, many other places. Some of the golf courses in the areas use it also. So looking forward to talking with Chris uh, relatively soon. So, uh, Mother's Day, uh, it's that time of year and it's planting time. We're, we're going to basically talk a little bit about some gift ideas to kind of wrap up the show. You know, Mother's Day is one of those things where we've, we're kind of like a candy store. We've got a million things to kind of, um, you know, sell you obviously, but 
a traditional one is hanging baskets. Um, certainly, we have many different styles and colors to choose from, but I also want to talk a little bit about roses because there's a, a perception that roses are really, really, really hard to care for. And we're very fortunate now because we have many roses that are very low care, have very good disease and insect resistance, are less prone to Japanese beetles. Uh, so it's time to start thinking about putting more roses back into our garden beds. And we've made a major shift um, in what we purchase for roses. For years, we used to carry a lot of hybrid tea roses, which are, you know, the traditional nice, beautiful rose that you see that you get it in a nice florist shop. Unfortunately, here in Maine, not terribly hardy. You know, you're always replacing a hybrid tea or a grandiflora or some of those roses. Typical black spot nightmare. Typical powdery mildew problem have to prune back to the second five leaflet and all that you know all these process things that you have to do we're lucky now because now we've got many different lines of roses that are very carefree you can prune them with head shears you can uh you know water and maintain as needed very very disease and insect resistant so certainly you know very 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 easy to go ahead and care for. And I'm talking about a few d different ones. Knockout roses. And I'm sure many of you have, have heard about knockout roses. Knockout roses are an absolutely fabulous, fabulous plant. Um, they come in so many colors now. They basically have yellows, light pinks, dark reds, uh, blushes. Uh, there's one called whiteout, which is not part of the knockout series, but very close. Uh, so knockout series are a fabulous rose. You can use them in a patio container. They'll bloom all summer or put them in the ground. Drift roses. Drift roses are really nice because they're smaller than knockouts. So if you have a border or something you want to be much smaller, uh, if many of you have roses in your garden and you remember the fairy, that's a variety that we still sell. It's a shrub rose, blooms all summer. But drift roses are kind of an improvement of even the fairy. They um, tend to have better disease resistance, much wider range of colors, not just the pink, but everything from blushes to, you know, yellows to um, peaches, uh, even a nice uh, dark paprika, you know, type color. Then we also have the Oh So Easy series, which is part of the Proven Winter line. Uh, they are, again, a smaller growing rose, a lot of single and double flowering types. Paprika is in that line. It is a beautiful tangerine orange. So absolutely stunning, stunning, stunning varieties. Um, and then we have Easy Elegance. Easy Elegance is just a fabulous fabulous line. We have one called Yellow Submarine, which is just a phenomenal yellow color. And, you know, then we have plants that work. So just a, a tremendous amount of varieties. And the, the variety in the plants that work that I think is Sunshine Daydream. So isn't that just a great name? It's a nice butter yellow that fades to a white 
really attractive, big blossom, very dark, dark foliage, and really has a nice, sweet fragrance to it. Um, we've got some in bloom in the garden center right now. So you can see most all of these are in bloom right now in the garden center. So you can actually physically see what they look like, what the shade of color is, which is tough. You know, do you have to protect them if we have frost? Of course, you want to be cautious. And then I just, in closing on roses, I want to talk about David Austin roses. This is the line that I carry that, you know, can get a little more black spot may need a little more maintenance. But if you want that old-fashioned fragrance, that old-fashioned look, that old-fashioned double bloom, that's the line I would recommend. David Austin Rose has been around forever. They are a staple. People who plant David Austin's become collectors because they are such a fabulous rose. Japanese beetles can be a little bit more aggressive on them because of the fragrance. And what I usually tell people is if Japanese beetles are a problem on David Austin's, when they're in bud, go out and prune them off, bring them in and put them in a vase and let them open like a cup flower. That will give you the fragrance in the house. You don't ruin the flower buds on the plants and you constantly are rejuvenating the plant and getting more flower buds. So the nice part about that is you've got beautiful cup flowers inside. When you have your wonderful you know, uh, guests come over. The house is filled with a beautiful fragrance. They're always going to ask, what is that? You can take them out to the rose bush and tell them how you take the flowers off. So, you know, it's one of those things where you can enjoy a rose bush, not have Japanese beetle problems, and let's face it, you're maintaining your roses at the same time. So all a win, win, win. With the other shrub roses... We can just go ahead and chop them back. If they pass bloom, we'll just chop them back. But the nice part is we can go ahead and have roses in the garden here in Maine again. Less maintenance. None of us have time. So let's face it. We'll be back with more from the Joy of Gardening on News Talk WLOB. Fox News Radio. I'm Chris Foster. News Talk WLOB, where you go to talk over the important news issues of the day and also the place for business information and talk. Lou Dobbs brings you the day's important business news weekday mornings and beginning at 5.30 a.m. Every hour at the 30 mark, there's useful business information from the Fox Business Channel. And there's more. Weeknights from 6 till 8, it's all business and money with Tom Sullivan. All on News Talk WLOB and WLOBradio.com. Welcome back to the Joy of Gardening, hour number two. First hour good. We did a great job. I'm going to pat myself on the back. I thought uh, things went quite well. Certainly, uh, I'd like to appreciate the phone calls. You know, don't hesitate to call if you'd like to, 775-1310 or 877-393-8255. Here in this hour, we're going to be talking with Chris Bales from uh, Casella Organics. We're going to be talking a little bit about... uh, history of Casella Organics and 
Nutramulch and what they do for farmers and you know all the different products. It's an amazing uh, company. Chris, welcome. Thank you, Tom. Glad to be here. So tell us a little bit about uh, Casella Organics. I know it used to be New England Organics, and now you've got a wonderful new name and, you know, uh, Earth Life Compost, and, and uh, your brand's been around a while. Yes. In fact, uh, this is a great opportunity to share a little history with you. Absolutely. Uh, last Friday, not last night, but a week ago, uh, uh, several of us from the company got together to recognize our 30th anniversary of the uh, formation of this company, and the company founder, Bill Ginn, was there. Nice. And some people in the uh, Yarmouth, uh, Powell area, Greater Portland area, remember Bill Ginn, he was the former director of the Maine Audubon Society, mm-hmm. and he was also a sheep farmer up in Powell. And uh, years ago, he wanted to get something to improve his fields. Absolutely. And that's sort of the foundation of this company, was helping farmers. And what he was looking for was he priced out the cost of lime to sweeten up some old run-out uh, fields that he was trying to grow some hay on. And uh, he uh, had the chance to uh, or inquired if he could get some wood ash from the then new S.D. Warren mm-hmm. uh, wood-fired boiler that was making power out of, you know, uh, wood fuel. And um, that led to him getting, a, you know, the first uh, beneficial use permit for that wood ash. Mm-hmm. And uh, that led to him growing a business, starting in his kitchen. You know, Just <laughs> his first employee worked for him at his kitchen table. The American dream. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I started on year number two in 1985. So last this April here, I've celebrated my 28th year with the company. Congratulations. And, and in those days, Bill's, uh, the name of the company was Resource Conservation Services, known as RCS. Yes. And uh, very much uh, local roots here. Yep. And uh, it, it grew providing materials to benefit farms. And uh, and we've uh, over the years there's there's a long history that's unfolded. We now have offices and, uh, and a presence in in uh, landscape horticulture and mm-hmm. agriculture from uh, Maine to New York State uh, down into Long Island and uh, and uh, and west. And we're we're acquired by Casella Organics about mm-hmm. a, by Casella excuse me about a dozen years ago. Right. Just last September, our name was changed from New England Organics to Casella Organics because they're very uh, enthusiastic about what we do and we don't want us to be a little more visible in the corporate, uh, you know, profile. Absolutely, you know, uh, and and let's face it, Casella has, you know, their name's been out there for a long time, you know, in many different other Mm -hmm. type of industries. So, you know, certainly adding that to the the logo never hurts to get that name recognition. So, um, you know, tell us a little bit about, you know, you're, you have production facilities all over the Northeast, correct? You know, so wh- where are those, and 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 what do they kind of do in those facilities? Yes, uh, the the I'm going to give you a little sort of evolution of the company. Absolutely. So uh, Bill's original program was we were finding ways of taking you know, use of wood ash to uh, farms. And back at that time, there were many of these boilers being built to take advantage of. Uh, there was an energy crisis, and there were some credits to help build these boilers and. And so there were a number of reasons that boilers were being built just using biomass fuel. Mm-hmm. And so those so we had probably a dozen uh, wood-fired boilers under contract and supplied an ash uh, as lime. Lime uh, sweetens soil, helps release nutrients that are tied up with the acidification of soils, and uh, micronutrients also come with the wood ash. And we still have wood ashes available today. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Over time, several of the, uh, the paper mills we were dealing with also had boilers said, hey, we have something else here. Can you take a look at this? And um, we began to evaluate materials that uh, mills had, that uh, towns, municipalities had, and looked at how they could be beneficially used. And uh, I'd like to sort of use this as a way to explain the, our name, Organics. Mm -hmm. um, we, as a company, evolved from being a recycling outfit. We were recycling material that previously had gone to landfill. Right. And filled up in landfill, I, I describe, I ask people, what do you think the most valuable real estate is in the state of Maine? <laughs> you know, is, is it down to Booth Bay up to Bar Harbor? Is it a ski condo up to Sugarloaf or Sunday River? No, I think it's a landfill. Mm -hmm. You know, because square foot for square foot, it's going to cost millions of dollars just to get the permit approved right. to build the next landfill. Right. You shouldn't be placing anything in a landfill that doesn't need to be there. Right. And, uh, you know, it's just good old Yankee uh, ingenuity and conservatism. It's, it's, let's, not, <laughs> let's not be wasteful. Right. But this is on a larger scale. Right. Um, I'm going to give you a little personal background. Uh, before I uh, worked for this company, I was working for the town of Brunswick in, okay. at the Public Works Department. And my title was the Recycling Director. <laughs> That's what I was hired to do. And they were very proud that they had, uh, back in the early 80s, a new recycling baler, and, and they had uh, the town trucks would go out and pick up your roadside recycling, right. which was really a leading thing in those days. Absolutely. But the, the, it was really a euphemism for being the head trash man, because <laughs> we, we picked up recycling on Fridays, and we picked up trash four days a week. There you go. And so I got to know every road in town and, and basically began to see really what this was all about. I, I had started out of college as an uh, environmental education teacher in Vermont, mm -hmm. and we talked recycling, but it was talk the talk. Finally, I got a chance to walk the walk. There you go. You know, put on some coveralls and get dirty. There you and, go. And uh, I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> and you've never gone away from it since. Yeah, I, I would ride on the back of the truck. Sometimes I was driving the trucks. But the point is that people like to talk recycling. It's right. sort of like motherhood apple pie and recycling. Absolutely. Which is good. But the reality is that there are choices that have to be made. There's volume to be handled, just like in the nursery business. Absolutely. It's, you can't do anything without trucks. That's right. And so it's logistics. Right. And then it comes down to the cost. What is the cost of moving the stuff around and processing it? I like to tell people that uh, in the recycling field, uh, in many cases, it's you're just pushing a rock uphill, mm. moving stuff around until you get it to the tipping point where that rock goes over the hill and starts to roll down on its own. And right. that analogy is what point do you get to having a program that stands on its own two feet? What point have you taken a waste material and turned it into something useful that benefits people? And it's our program, what's exciting about it is we're turning material around that can benefit soils. And we're not shipping it to some processing plant in Pennsylvania. Right. You know, it's right here in Maine. It's local. It's, it's short, you know, turnaround cycle. And back to the organics identity. Right. We are a company that works with the material our society produces, whether it be at a town or at a treatment plant or at a paper mill, that can be beneficially used by returning it to the soil, improving the soil, and being beneficially used by plants. That is that organic fraction of society's byproducts. Right. And that's where we came into this industry and how in, in the profession we're in, we are called the organics guys. Right, absolutely. And and kind of, you know, obviously customers can kind of take this on their scale too. You know, I mean, having a compost pile in their yard, you know, and being able to kind of, you know, do the same thing on a smaller level it's tougher to get the volume you need, but certainly taking your food waste out of that, recycling all your leaves and whatnot, and taking it all out to a landfill or whatnot. You know, obviously many of these towns now are recycling also, you know, but why truck it to there yes. when you can do it right in your yard? And then also you can supplement with a product like yours or whatnot for the volume as you need it. 
Um, yes. So, you know, certainly I think, you know, what you're saying is it can be done on many different scales. Yeah, and the, mo- the more local it is, the more in your backyard it is, mm-hmm. the more uh, environmentally beneficial it is because Absolutely. there's less overhead costs and moving around. Um, it, it drove me wild when I began to watch people put you know, leaves in the fall in plastic <laughs> garbage bags. Right, you, know, right. you know, you could take that out back. Most people in Maine have a woods line out back. It's not just lawn. Right. And that's what we did growing up is you rake the leaves out or put them on a tarp and hold them out back and, and made a leaf pile. Right. And that's, right. you know, kids love to jump into the leaf pile. And then later you went and dug in the leaf pile to find your fishing worms. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. And I know you love fishing, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, so tell tell us a little bit more, you know, about, you know, where are the facilities? Yep. You know, so you service, you know, different areas. I know our product comes out of Unity. Yes. Uh, the history of that facility was that was uh, a former dairy farm in uh, Unity Plantation. Many people in Maine know of go to Unity for the Common Ground Fair, which is in the fall. It's held on the, the Maine Organic Farmers and Gardeners property right. on the east side of Unity. We happen mm-hmm. to be on the west side of Unity okay. on Route 139. And we've been there for uh uh, well, back in the late 80s, that uh, old dairy farm went out, and uh, Bill Ginn had the opportunity to acquire it. Right. And we ran it as a, a land-spreading program for uh, the local sanitary district, mm-hmm. uh, KSTD, Kennebec uh, Valley Sanitary District, Waterville, okay. Winslow, and so on. And then farmers were raising corn and hay crops on that land using the nutrients from the treatment plant. And that's mm-hmm. the type of program that we have run for, for, for many, many years in many, many places. Right. Anyway, uh, they got to be a point where uh, Bill said, geez, you know, we, we could build a compost facility here, right. you know, down in the back 40. And that got constructed in 1990. 1990. And it started as a, an open-air windrow-type facility under a roof with a wind blowing through. Mm-hmm. And uh, the first year was successful with a machine that, you know, we, we'd mix the components together. Mm-hmm. And just to back up, if you're composting in the backyard, you need to balance the nitrogen with the carbon, the green stuff mm-hmm. with the brown stuff. Absolutely, you know, yeah. Yep. And, in and, simple terms, yeah. yeah. And, and essentially get a balance so the compost will heat up and, and work well. And we do the same thing with the biosolids, which is the, the word nowadays for material from treatment plant. Right. This could be the same whether you're using manures from farms or fish waste from a seafood operation. You've got to balance the carbon and the nitrogen. Okay. And uh, we, we procure, we buy in shaving sawdust mm-hmm. by the trailer truck load. It's a constant input. Yeah. And trailer <laughs> truck after trailer truck yeah. after trailer yeah. truck. I'm yeah. in the wholesale business. Absolutely. And, you know, we're dealing with large volume of material. Right. And uh, so uh, the facility got built. It is, uh, uh, we, we now market our products under the name Earth Life mm-hmm. Compost. Mm-hmm. Uh, the facility is has a site name of the Hawk Ridge Compost Facility. Okay. Uh, but uh, more and more, we, we like to emphasize the Earth Life because that's the really delivering the message of what it is we're producing up there, mm-hmm. a product that benefits soils. Um, we started by taking what was uh, you know material from a treatment plant, which could be put on a cornfield, but if you compost it, it moves it from what's called a Class B product to a Class A, meaning I can bring it down to Estabrooks. Absolutely. And it comes out of the truck, and he puts it in the next truck that drives in, and off it goes to uh, you know improve your yard and land. Absolutely. And uh, so uh, I got a little bit ahead of myself. Mm-hmm. The compost is the base product. After we begin to produce the compost, and this, this story has many years and many chapters, mm-hmm. but the, in the current terms, we produce a base product compost, and then we make additional blends. Right. And the blend Nutrimulch was made recognizing that there's a huge industry out there buying bark mulch every spring, putting Absolutely. it around. Uh, and we thought, you know, our compost, we know our compost is helping plants. Why not put some in with the bark? 
Right. And so we, we chose old bark. We don't, and because of what we're trying to do is benefit plants, if you use just a fresh bark, it can actually draw nitrogen away from the plant because the decomposition of, uh, of woody materials is almost outcompetes the green plant in terms of grabbing available nitrogen. So by going with old bark, which has been around for 30 years, we mix it, we buy it in, mix it in with our compost, and make the Nutrimulch. And uh, as you've found in the last few years, it's uh, it's been working. Yeah, I mean, we use Nutrimulch at the garden center. I use it at my house. Uh, you know, the one thing about it, is, like Chris was saying, it's soil building. Okay, when you come to a garden center, you buy mulch in a bag or you buy it in bulk. M- mulch has got a very short process time now because the paper mills don't have the large volume of bark. They're burning it. Mm-hmm. Now they're chipping full trees. Mm-hmm. They're adding dyes. They're doing all kinds of things to produce mulch in a much quicker fashion. You might even find ground-up pallets in your mulch at this point. It's basically a byproduct of all wood-type materials that were being shipped for traditional bark mulch. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so when you look at the dark bark and you see some light flecking in there, you know, of really light bark— that means probably the dye didn't take to that piece of some sort. And, you know, there is really very limited old bark in yes. these terms yes. now. Yeah. You know. To give give you an idea, uh, you know, I, so trucking is the common denominator of this industry. Absolutely. And the cost of moving things around. So all of the old bark piles that were in southern to central Maine have all gone south <laughs> right. or, or wherever they've gone. And, and those mills sites have been cleaned up. The old bark we're procuring, where you dig it out, you can look across the river and see Canada. So right. what I'm saying is we have to go a long ways to get this. So you can't get there from here. Yeah. And at this point, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more from the Joy of Gardening on News Talk WLOB. Do you have planting insurance? You can with Biotone Starter Plus from Mespoma. It's the ultimate starter plant food, and you can use it for everything you plant. Just mix it in with the soil. It works like three products in one to guarantee your success, even in poor soils. The secret is a special blend of natural organic plant food, beneficial microbes, and mycorrhizal fungi. The result is that plants grow faster, roots grow deeper, and flowers and vegetables become more abundant. Maintain your plants with the Tones, a full line of organic plant foods including Holly Tone, Plant Tone, and Rose Tone. There's a tone for almost every tree, shrub, flower, or vegetable. Best of all, every Espoma product is safe for people, pets, and the environment. Look for Biotone Starter Plus at your local garden center and visit espoma.com videos for product info and valuable gardening tips. Espoma, a natural in the garden since 1929. Regular old mulch leaving your plants wanting more? Casella's Organics Nutri-Mulch is a superior mulch for improving any landscape. Made in Maine from aged native bark and earth-life compost, its dark color and rich texture are ideal for perennials, ornamentals, trees, and shrubs. Earth-Life Nutri-Mulch is nutrient-stabilized with compost so the bark doesn't compete with plants for nutrients. Visit CaselaOrganics.com or call 800-4-COMPOST for a source near you.
welcome back to The Joy of Gardening by Estabrooks. I'm Tom Estabrook, and we are in the studio today with Chris Bales from Casello Organics, and we have another caller. It's Carmen. Carmen, how are you? I'm fine, Tom. Thanks for taking my call. Thanks for having calling in. So, well, you have I a have question today? I have one question. All right. Uh, I, I do have one question about daffodils today, Absolutely. but I have a question for Chris if he's still available. Absolutely. Um, Yes, he hello. said something about wood ash. Now, I put my wood ash from my um, my stove at the camp on my gardens. Is that something that's going to be benefiting my gardens? Uh, I assume it is. Yes. But yes. What, what's Chris's take on that? Well, that's that's from the camp stove. That, that's been a uh, common practice for generations here in Maine. You know, you take the wood stove ash out and sprinkle on the garden. Uh, the one thing I would suggest is that if you've been doing this for a number of years, you may be raising your pH fairly intensively in that part of the garden. So just make a point of, of rotating and covering the area. I'm not sure. In my case, I, I take my wood stove ash out and, uh, and uh, store it in a barrel through the winter mm-hmm. and then come spring I've got it for uh, you know I've got two two wood stoves and yep. so I've, I've got quite a bit of ash and uh, I, uh, I then uh, have it available for uh, you know the fields and other areas uh, check uh, do a pH test occasionally you mm-hmm. know and send in a soil test yeah Carmen okay. if you have any areas that you know you're seeing moss around you know that's always a good indication of an area you should be spreading the wood ash because it, it's it's telling you the ph is very low um but you do want to be cautious about raising the ph too much and it, okay an example i, I on don't fu- think i've been putting too much on nope nope okay. Good. That would be helpful. I mentioned a pH test, but, you know, people that can read the plants, like Tom just said, moss is an indicator of an acidic soil. Um, farmers look at a, a pasture, and they see a lot of Queen Anne's lace that comes up with a big white uh, flower, and uh, that's an indicator that their soil has gotten a little too acidic. So they, they will say, I've got the wood ash, and now I've got that gone because I raised the pH. Right, and a lot of times, you know, a lot of your, by adjusting your pH, a lot of your weeds and other plants don't thrive, so they will kind of pass away. Yeah. One other thing that a uh, benefit of wood ash is uh, it is a very fine textured, uh, uh, you know, particle size, and therefore it can react faster than typical ground limestone, and that's the typical uh, sweetener with lime. Right. In in many cases, you know, if you think of the uh, traditional agricultural practice of adding lime, the, the the plant doesn't feed that much on the lime. What the lime is is it's like a magic key that unlocks the soil. That's right. As the acidification occurs, which tends to happen in eastern United States, That's right. is the soils progressively get more acidic. And as that happens, um, the natural nutrients available to plants become locked up chemically. Right. And by raising the pH, you're unlocking that. Right. And, and letting the plant get what's in there. Absolutely. I mean, lime is one of those things, or, or wood ash or whatnot, anything to raise your pH um, certainly will unlock all of those nutrients and, and make your plants thrive that much better it's probably one of the things that people don't focus on enough but Carmen did you have another question yes I did thank you Tom um all my daffodils are up now and my tulips are coming up and I'd like to plant more this fall but by the time fall comes I've forgotten where everything is and (laughs) so is there a simple way that I can mark the location of my daffodils and tulips without having a lot of showy markers in my garden beds. Absolutely. You know, there's nothing worse than those little plastic markers all over the place in your garden beds. And, you know, you've got 
wonderful people coming over to visit to look at your gardens and whatnot, and you're enjoying them, and you just have these white sticks all over the place. I like popsicle sticks. You know, you can buy them at the dollar store, you know, or tongue depressors. Um, they fade and look more natural to like a natural wood. You can use a grease pencil to write on them if you need to mark individual types of things. You know, say you had some hyacinths, say you had, you know, some daffodils. But I agree with you, marking them is a good way because if you want to add more later on, you don't want to dig up the existing bulbs, I assume. Oh, yes. Right. <laughs> yeah, they're beautiful right now. Oh, they're absolutely amazing. And, uh, you know, a couple other things we can kind of talk about, too, is, you know, how to make sure your all your bulbs that are blooming, you know, whether it be tulips, daffodils, whatnot, crocus, you know, how to make sure they're going to thrive from here forward. You know, and, you know, obviously Nutri-Mulch is a great way to feed. Um, we're talking about that today. That's a, a, a nice mulch that's a mix of bark mulch and compost. It's pH balanced. But also what you want to do is let those plants wither. So, you know, as they start to yellow and then, you know, turn brown, that's putting the energy back into the plant. But it's very important to give them a nice fertilization as soon as they're done blooming. So when they're about three-quarters of the way done blooming, come in with a bulb tone um, and put some bulb tone around it. That will green up the foliage. It will help provide more nutrients back into the bulb, and you'll have much stronger bulbs, and they will multiply and divide much quicker also. Okay, great. Now, do I have to reapply the bulb tone in the fall? Is that a good idea or not? No, you really shouldn't have to. Uh, you can put bulb tone on the new bulbs, you know, to help provide okay. some root stimulation, you know, or right, you could use rock phosphate would be another good one, or biotone is another good one. Any root stimulator type thing, you know, would be good when you plant, um, just so that you're able to build roots. We don't really want to push growth, um, but feeding your bulbs the foliage will actually gain more mass on the foliage, and what will happen is when it, when it goes dormant, all that energy will be stored back into the bulb, which will allow them to have bigger and better flowers the following year. Well, great. Thank you so much, Tom. All right. Thanks, Carmen. Please don't hesitate to call in again. Folks, let's face it. If you want to call in, don't hesitate. You know, great question by Carmen. Don't hesitate to call 775-1310-877-393-8255. We're talking with Chris Bales from Casello Organics. And, uh, Chris, let's let's face it. We were just talking about Nutri-Mulch and, and kind of, you know, getting into that story. And we've been selling it for probably four years now, five years. I don't know. Time flies when you're having fun. Yes. Uh, so <laughs> it could be forever at this yeah. point. Um, but uh, the, the trail loads have been flying out of the garden center this spring. Uh, you know, once you try it, yeah. you know, is what, what I kind of, you know, I was a little bit skeptical, <laughs> you know. I always am of new products, but I tried it in my yard. And the difference and the, you know, I really don't have to put anywhere near as much fertilizer down as I used to on my garden beds. So it's pretty amazing. But tell us a little bit about, you know, some of the other folks that are using it. Um, you know, I know you've got some golf courses that are yeah, using it. Sure. Uh, I, I have right here a, a little uh, letter that I want to thank Julie Seavey for over at the Perputic Club. Uh, golf course in Cape Elizabeth has been around a long time. Beautiful club. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
And uh, Julie uh, has, was one of the first people to embrace our Nutramult. She saw us at a winter trade show where, you know, we go to show professionals at meetings in the winter. And she said, that's exactly what I'm looking for. Yeah. I want compost in bark. And so she, she's been using it for, uh, oh, that must be seven, eight years now. And uh, she, uh, she's, I'm going to read from something she uh, shared with us. She says, Nutramulch is a multi-purpose product that has radically changed the gardening program at the Proputa Club. I utilize it as a mulch, a compost, in containers, and as the base for new landscaping beds. Since I started using years ago, I have stopped using any additional fertilizers and no longer deal with animal damage. Now, I, I didn't tell you that. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> because yeah. I can't claim that. There's you know, all kinds of laws around yeah, that. Right, right. I can't claim that, but she's had benefits from that. The improved health of the beds has many benefits, including almost no disease or insects. And then she said the only exceptions are lily leaf beetles, Japanese beetles, and golfers. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but a, a footnote here. When Julie started there, she said she, she is the, uh, the staff um, gardener, right. which is a real credit to the Proputa Club that they choose to have a staff gardener, not right. just a turf person. And their gardens are I mean, they have a whole turf staff as well. Right. But she said, when I got here, landscaping and, and plantings at the Peruta Club were a few whiskey barrels and some annuals. Absolutely. And she said, if you go there now, she actually runs a garden tour every summer. Oh, it's people, a, people want to come and get the tour of what she does. It's an amazing place. Yeah, and what she had, part of what they've accomplished there is created specialty beds at each of the tees. And the tee is the traffic jam point on a golf course. Mm-hmm. And because somebody's waiting for the next party to get down the course. And so she's created kind of a, a beautiful, soft, nice experience at each of the various tees. And also she uses a visual buffer Absolutely. to separate the people. And uh, so she's been doing it for a long time. She's a regular customer. Mm. Uh, and so uh, I just encourage you, if you're out in that area, to, to go pay a visit with Julie. One of the highlights of my season is always going out there and jumping in a golf cart with Julie and getting a tour. Now, is she, so, on, the, is she on the Cape Elizabeth Garden Tour? Is that what or does she? Well, or she do they, they, I, they actually have their own tour day, usually in August, okay. and if you were to call the club and find out when she's doing that, uh, it's something she offers to sh- share with people what she's done. Folks, we'll we'll try to find that information and pass it along to, uh, and try to get that in our e newsletter and, and whatnot as it approaches. Um, yeah, well, if I could add one more paragraph, absolutely. Here. And I, I'm jumping ahead here, and she said. Um, Nutrimulch uh, maintains its uh, rich, dark color through all or most of the season, integrates fully into the soil, improving soil structure, and eliminating the task of removing dried, crusty mulch, as we did in the past. How many of you have had these <laughs> mulch beds that got higher and higher or the mulch volcanoes around mulch the trees? Mulch volcano, yeah. bad, bad news. Yeah. yeah. So this, basically, we, we're bringing you something that's biologically al- alive and active. And the soil contact interface is where the action is because we're getting some uh, microbes and earthworms and all integrating this into the soil. Julia said that these beds she has, which used to be you know really, really hard, now are loose, friable soil because the Nutri-Mulch has contributed in the decomposition each year. And so she just puts a skinny top dress on every spring to, you know, tune it up for the look. But meanwhile, the the material is working its way into the soil. Right. And that's what it's all about is the soil. And what I will say on the deer factor is in the first hour we talked about how there was, you know, some deer out in my field and turkeys this morning when I left the house. I see deer in my yard every single day, if not every other day. Yeah. And I built a beautiful garden in my front yard and put Nutramulch on it, had annuals all through it, had dahlias, had, you know, uh, trees, shrubs, you know, it's probably like a 50-foot long garden. I did not have one deer track in that garden. 
and those deer are out in my yard all the time and they pass about 25 yards away so i will say i can't say for sure if it's the neutral mulch but what i will say is there is a slight odor to the product mm-hmm. which is an, it's an earthy odor it it kind of shows up for about a day or so maybe a little bit after a rain but what i will say is when you spread this it spreads really nice and even and the one thing i like to tell people on the color it's a nice chocolate brown Mm-hmm. You know, where if you get a dyed mulch, it's more a dark chocolate brown. Mm-hmm. Um, and the color stays pretty much the whole season. And what I do like is if there's any weeds that grow in your garden, which we all have, it's very easy for you to, in the neutral mulch, do some light cultivation and the weeds all die. Nice. You know, that's what I have found is because it doesn't compact, like you said, bark mulch kind of almost weaves together and cre- can create a situation where the water doesn't penetrate through it as nicely as you would like. This absorbs the water, holds it, lets it generate down through the soil nice and evenly. I found I had to water less also. So I can't see a negative mm-hmm. so much, but, you know, other than possibly pH. Yeah. In, in that case, yeah, what uh, he's referring to, and some of you that are members of the Botanical Gardens in Booth Bay, if you've read your newsletter this year, you will note that they have uh, cut back. They're not using our neutrimalts this year. Right. And, and that's actually a compliment. Right. <laughs> and, and why that is, if I had a fellow call me up and said, I read the newsletter, I saw, I read what they did down there, and they raised their pH by using your neutrimulch. Right. Over the multiple years of use, uh, since Bill Klein has been there, it's been probably five, six years, whatever it is, and they, Bill really went on an aggressive program with Nutramulch down there. Right. And, you know, I was probably 10, 12 trailer truck loads of Nutramulch every year down there. Right. And uh, they they basically did some reassessments recently and said, geez, our pH is up pretty high (laughs) in a lot of places. And so we're going to just sort of coast this year and use just bark mulch. Right. But um, So I I think at this point, let's take a break because I think this is a big topic. We want to talk about pH. It's so huge in in the garden, and Nutramulch will help with a lot of things. But we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more from the Joy of Gardening on News Talk WLOB. Regular old mulch leaving your plants wanting more? Casella Organics Nutri-Mulch is a superior mulch for improving any landscape. Made in Maine from aged native bark and earth life compost, its dark color and rich texture are ideal for perennials, ornamentals, trees, and shrubs. Earthlife Nutri-Mulch is nutrient stabilized with compost, so the bark doesn't compete with plants for nutrients. Visit CaselaOrganics.com or call 800-4-COMPOST for a source near you. The main gardening season can often feel like a race. With cool early spring weather, this year is shaping up to be more of a sprint. Thankfully, spring has finally arrived and Estabrooks is here to help. With tons of all new plants, tools and supplies, along with your time-tested favorites, Estabrooks has everything you need to hit the ground running this spring. Don't know where to start? The gardening pros at Estabrooks will help you cross the finish line. To learn more, visit estabrooksonline.com. Estabrooks, for the joy of gardening. Are you mom's favorite? With a hanging basket or patio pot from Estabrooks, you could be. Mother's Day is May 12th, and that means there's not much time left to show mom how much you care. 
from hanging baskets spilling with blooms to delightful planters full of her springtime favorites. Estabrooks has everything you need to make it a special day. Best of all, all hanging baskets and patio pots are now 20% off until Mother's Day. To learn more, visit estabrooksonline.com. Estabrooks, for the joy of gardening. Back to the joy of gardening. Oh boy, I just looked out the window and it's raining. That's okay. We're here inside. It's, it's nice and warm. Good for plants. You know, tomorrow's going to be really sunny. I think this is going to kind of be a little showery day, but you know, certainly don't hesitate to get out, get a gift for mom. It is Mother's Day weekend, and let's face it, we need to take care of mom. Um, but we're talking about uh, Casella Organics, Nutrimulch, Chris Bales. From Casella Organics is here, and uh, unbelievable, you know, benefits to Nutrimulch, and uh, you know, I had a nice customer come in, and uh, she came in and and went and looked at the bark mulch piles, and you know, we told her the benefits of both, and she left, and and came, her husband came back later that afternoon, and you know, kind of bewildered and not quite sure what he was supposed to say but he came in and he goes i need to order that smelly mulch my wife was here earlier and she wants that smelly mulch (laughs) and kind of you know i mean there there's a little bit of an odor to this mulch but the benefits and i mean it's not overbearing you know but let's talk a little bit about you know Probably not not a great gift for your mom, I imagine. Well, actually, I was just about to say when you give you know give the gift that keeps on giving. There you, you go. Know, because you know you have only so much time in Absolutely. your life. Your life's busy. If you're hiring landscapers, you've only got so much of a budget to pay them to come and spend time on your property. Mm-hmm. But if you put down Nutrimulch compost, and, and, and Nutrimulch is the product we're focusing on. But remember the 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 benefit. The secret to it all is the beneficial microbes and the slow-release nutrients right. that come with the compost. And they give you they – that's the gift that keeps on giving 24-7. Right. And the beauty also of this whole natural process of slow-release nutrients that – this material could be applied in the fall. There's people that go with a strategy, I'm, I'm cleaning up my garden, I actually do fall mulching because spring I'm going to be too busy. Right. And it doesn't wash away. It doesn't just you know dissolve like you know a, a liquid fertilizer that turns into Kool-Aid and is gone. Right. Where, or I say granule that might dissolve. The beauty of... The blue goo, we call it. <laughs> okay. The, the beauty of organic materials of all kinds, whether it be mine or somebody else's, is they... W- released to the plant through biological activity. It's called a process called mineralization. The microbes break down the nutrients, and then they turn it into a food-available, a plant-available form that the root hairs can take advantage of. And so um, when the t- temperatures uh, drop in the fall, those microbes sort of go they sh- dormant. They shut down. Yeah, and then come spring, as the temperature rises, they uh, get active again. It's, right. it's a hand-in-glove relationship with a plant because the right. plant's doing the same thing. Right. So within the soil and within the plant. The other thing I like to focus on is, you know, we all see the plant from the top up. Think of a plant as an hourglass. There's half of that plant's down in there's the roots. That's right. And this game is all about making the roots happy and giving them what they can get and if you pull up a plant that's been growing in a good soil, you're going to see a much bigger root system. Right. Uh, an example I give for the, the benefit of the blooms, how you see the results of Nutrimulch, given time. It's not instant, but given time. Right. Is I was down in the Botanical Gardens there uh, a couple of Junes ago, and uh, 
I love to go down and see how it fills out. I usually get there in the spring when they're first spreading it, and then I go back, and as things have grown, it's an amazing spread. place. Yeah, and, and you all should go. You owe it to yourself. Absolutely. It just, just as a little footnote for this. I heard just recently that that is the number two destination location in the state of Maine behind L.L. Bean. That doesn't surprise me. I'm 100,000 visitors last year. Yeah. And, yeah. and anyhow, so, so I'm at the gardens. I see these beautiful gardens that have grown out. They're just blossoming and, and plants are filling out. And, you know, I have to look to find my Nutri-Mulch because it's down under the plants. <laughs> then I have this little habit. I went looking for ice cream afterwards. Imagine that. <laughs> yeah. And I was down to the harbor. And, you know, I'm driving into Booth Bay and it hit me. Here's, I mean, a lot of very nice landscape properties Absolutely. down there. But the difference was... I'd see mulch and a plant and mulch and a plant. And it was like they just took them out of the pots and stuck them in the ground, and they were just sort of on hold. Right. You know, you could see the blooms, but they weren't filling out in the same sort of uh, flourishing way that we were seeing at the, the gardens with the Nutri-Mulch. Right. Absolutely. And, and, you know, let's talk a little bit more about the pH because, you know, I do think there's more of a benefit to raising your pH than a downfall. You know, obviously, you know, if you use it for years and years and years, you do might you might want to take a little break, but a pH test is going to let us know that. Or if you start to see your plants kind of slowing down that growth, that might be another indication. But most of the time, our, our soils are pretty darn acidic, mm. you know. Wouldn't you say? Yes. And, and one thing about a pH test to, to understand, um, if you get your soil test from the university, uh, you know, you're going to look for their recommendations on it. But on a, it's a scale of 1 to 14. Mm-hmm. And below 7 is acidic. Below, uh, above 7 is, is uh, um, you know, uh, basic. Right. Uh, and that tends to be what you get out west. And around the east, we tend to have the acidic issues. Absolutely. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but each point on that chart is is uh, 10 times more acidic than the prior point. So it's an exponential chart. Right. So you go two, two points in the chart, you're 100 times more acidic. Right. Five is 100 times more acidic than seven. Right. <laughs> so right. it really it can make a huge difference. You know, and if you, if you see moss in your yard, it's, it's a clear sign. You're probably two points too low. Yeah. You know, um, you're probably down around five or 4.5, you know. Yeah. And, and that's a, a, a big indicator I always like to tell people. And the other thing is if you've got pines or oaks, which 90% of us here in southern Maine have pine and oak in our yard, they're natural acidifiers also. Yeah. So, you know, they're constantly dropping those those needles and leaves and whatnot. And, and if you're composting, that will acidify your compost pile also. Um, so, you know, adding some lime to that compost pile in your backyard your is always ash. a good thing. right? Yeah. Or wood ash. Yeah. Stove ash. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just make sure, always make sure your wood ash is out. Yes. Don't put hot wood ash on your compost pile. Yeah. You might get a little bit of yeah. uh, an issue yeah. there train your kids if they're involved in cleaning the stove <laughs> to get that metal bucket outside in a metal lid on it Absolutely. don't ever leave it in the back shed Absolutely. You know? <laughs> are you are you talking from personal experience no, I, 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 <laughs> up in my neighborhood a house burned out or, yeah. or, or, or it was gutted yeah. because a kid didn't take the ashes outside yeah yeah you know but always good you know both of those are a good way to you know make sure and keep your ph um mulch is something that you know we're carrying, um, but you have a whole other host of, of different, you know, uh, lines. We're going to take another quick break, and then we'll come back and talk about kind of how you work with farmers and, and, and sure. all of that. So we're going to take another quick break here uh, for more for the Joy of Gardening on News Talk WLOB.
You may not know it, but most lawn fertilizers actually spread chemicals and pesticides across your entire lawn. Until now, that's been the history of lawn care products. It's also why Espoma has developed an affordable, all-natural lawn program that is safe for kids and pets. The program consists of four organic fertilizers that are specifically formulated to keep your lawn green. Each product lasts two and a half times longer than traditional chemical products, and they won't burn your lawn or leach away. You already know Espoma as a name you can trust. They've been making organic plant foods like Holly Tone and Plant Tone for over 84 years. Imagine a great-looking lawn that you're not afraid to walk barefoot on. It's a whole new day in lawn care. Look for Espoma organic lawn food products wherever quality lawn and garden products are sold. And visit Espoma.com videos to learn more about organic lawn care. Espoma, a natural in the garden since 1929. At Costa Maine Organic Products, we've known for a long time that plants love lobster just as much as people do. It's one of the reasons we started composting marine residuals back in 1996. And although we've had great success in getting gardeners and their plants hooked on lobster throughout New England, the Mid-Atlantic, and Midwest, the heart and soul of what we do is here in Maine. Plants love lobster because the calcium and chitin in the lobster shells break down in the composting process and become plant-ready food that help to make your plants strong and healthy. And of course, the plants don't use any butter, so they're even healthier. So support your local retailer and Maine's lobster industry by using Coast of Maine's Quaddy Lobster Compost in your garden. Coast of Maine, the lobster compost company. Approved for organic growers by the Maine Organic Farmers and Gardeners Association. Visit us at www.coastofmaine.com. And welcome back to the Joy of Gardening. We're wrapping up the second hour and last 10 minutes or so. But uh, we've had a very spirited conversation here with Chris Bales from Casella Organics. And uh, great show. You know, a lot of people have called in uh, and and had some nice questions. I want to thank everybody. You know, don't hesitate to call in. Uh, we still got some time. You can call 775-1310 or 877-393-8255. Um, Chris, let's talk a little bit about, you know, I know... Your company does much, much more with farmers and and kids and all kinds of things. So let's talk a, a little bit about some of those things. Great, great. The um, you'd be I think people in Maine, which largely the listening audience here. I mean, mm. we, like I say, we're all of New England out to New York State, right? And many of the things we do in Maine, we replicate in in other states as well. But uh, a broad range of things involve uh, we're recycling uh, uh, byproducts from uh, seaweed. That mm-hmm. in, in, if you're down in Rockland, there's a, a big process plant called FMC, and they are uh, processing seaweed into a food-grade um, polymer, which basically means something that can help stabilize everything from ice cream to chocolate milk to toothpaste, mm-hmm. meaning so it doesn't separate. If you mix up chocolate milk on the counter and let it sit, often it'll just settle out, you know? Right. Whereas in these you know, prepared mixes, their, their product is used in food grade. And we, we get the byproduct of that process, mm-hmm. and, uh, and it goes to farms. There's a case where it used to go in the quarry landfill. Right. And, you know, what a waste. And so that's what companies do on a corporate level with us. They say, hey, we've got something. The easy thing to do that we've always done with 
let's just take it to the dump. Right. Well, you know, that those days are fading out fast, largely because the cost of running the dump, the, the landfill, right. are, are running higher and higher. So we offer an alternative, which usually saves them money. It's a beneficial, good to the environment. And there's, there's a very simple principle. If you, if you forget everything I said today, there's one <laughs> thing I'd like you to remember. No one could forget everything you said today. <laughs> there's one thing I'd like you to remember. Okay, I've been with the company 28 years, and I'm still here because of this one thing. People reorder our products, mm-hmm. and that gives me something to do. Okay? There you go. <laughs> they only reorder our products for two reasons. Must have worked the first time, mm-hmm. and the price must be right. Right. And, you know, and so we, we, this is the definition of successful recycling. Right. You've taken something and in, in created a beneficial use, a demand, and it stands on its own two feet. We're not running around looking for grants or subsidies to say, hey, will you, will you help us do this? Right. You know, it's it standing on its own two feet. Right. And that's the beauty of recycling organic materials. And that's the key word I want you to link up. Organic materials is what we work with. There is dis- discussion over the word, what I call the big O and the little O. Mm-hmm. I'm just slipping this in a little bit. Absolutely. Uh, organic farmers and gardeners have organic certified products. The biosolids products are not in their program. Right. Um, I just heard an ad, so you know you might want to use Coast of Maine right. if you're trying to fit that program. Absolutely. Um, we are in the bulk business. We do have some organic certified materials. We have a product called Super Humus, but right. it, it's non-biosolids. And there's another great example. If you're on the highway and you see a truck hauling what you might think is is logs, right. but they're eight feet long. That's pulp right. in, in the forestry industry. That's going to make paper. Right. And usually there's uh, four or, or five racks of pulp on a trailer truck. That goes into a wood yard in J, Maine. Verso paper used to be international paper. When they want to use it, they drop it into a waterway called a flume. Right. I call it the forest flume. Okay? Okay. And the byproduct, I mean, they are using it to transport the wood. But what happens is the bark gets knocked off. Right. And some gravel and dirt and stuff on the logs get knocked and fall. We salvage that material. Used to go in the dump, the landfill. And we screen it. And we turn it into a landscape product. Jeff O'Donnell's been buying this for 20 years to to fill his black containers. And we've used it now in our grow mix. It's a third compost, a third peat, and a third uh, um, superhumus. Right. Uh, Paths and trails. Portland trails love this stuff. In Yarmouth. Absolutely. They're using it in Royal River Land Trust. Yeah. Botanical Gardens use it for paths and trails. And... uh, I got a great compliment in the newsletter from uh, our, our product did uh, from Portland Trails. They called it the chameleon product. It doesn't look like it did anything <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because and, it fits in. And certainly, we want to carry it. Unfortunately, we need to take some greenhouses down or, <laughs> or make some more space is our issue because, yeah. you know, there's many products that you sell that, that we would love to carry. Unfortunately, we've had to make some choices. Yes. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, we just don't have the space. It's all about footprint. Yeah. 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 But anyhow, that's an example of, of how we also have an erosion control product. We went to the DOT years ago and said, look, why are you bringing in synthetic, you know, fabric erosion control mats manufactured in New Jersey or somewhere right. from oil when we got all these forestry materials that are byproducts of the, the main forest products industry. Let's put them to use. Right. Stabilize slopes. And so more and more of that's happening. And so, you know, it's, it, I, I get excited about it. I've got horses riding at a girls' camp uh, right. on this superhumus. It's, it's a great footing and riding rings. Right. And, uh, you know, to me, what I, I tell people we all got a cell phone or something we're plugging in to recharge a battery, right? Right. My batteries get recharged visiting Estabrooks because I hear the stories. I hear what Tom's telling me, or Julie Seavey, or going to this girls' camp, you know, because isn't it great to be able to be involved in something where you're, you're getting your job done and you're helping someone do a better job? Right. And I think, you know, it's really important to understand that Casella Organics, you know, the horticulture side is really a fairly small part of your business. You know, you're helping so many different industries get get rid of their waste streams, 
also, you know, helping everything from, you know, farms to riding, you know, stables to, um, you know, dairy farms. You do a lot that's, with dairy farms, yeah, right? You've been trying to get me to say this, and thank you for keeping coming back to this. Yes, the foundation of our business is farm-based deliveries. And that we have uh, lime products. We have the biosolids from treatment plants. And by the way, I, wanna, I, wanna, I can't say enough that the environmental he- heroes in the state of Maine are the guys running the treatment plants in Portland, Winslow, Waterville, Camden, Rockland, Belfast, you know, yeah. all of these towns are the places where bays and water bodies were polluted when I was a kid. Right. And they're cleaner now because of the treatment plants. They're the heroes. And they're farmers themselves. Right. Because those big tanks they run are a biological process that they, they're managing living organisms, right. microbes, that consume the nutrients, and then periodically they pump and press to make room for the next batch, right. <laughs> and right. we get that material, which we then compost. And let's talk about... Or we send it straight to the farm. Let's talk about, I mean, you've talked about bayscaping and some of those yes. those folks. You've worked very closely with some of these organizations also. Yes. In fact, a load of Nutrimulch was donated to the Bayscaping product, Project just uh, this past week for uh, International Compost Awareness Week, mm-hmm. and that was with Gary Fish and, and Jeff Tarling right here on the Back Cove in right. Portland, down by the Hannafords. They have a demonstration yardscaping product project, and what they're trying to the message there is plan your yard to minimize the impact on the bay, right, or the Sebago Lake, or whatever, and, and plant appropriate buffer plants, use appropriate uh, mulches, don't mow, don't plant a lawn right to the beach, right, absolutely, and, and don't have fertilizer running into the water, right. And so that's all part of the base. And I, I think you know if we if we you know take one thing away from this, it's low slow feed. Yes. it's natural. Yeah, and so we're not putting on you know the blue goo like I like. You know, <laughs> certainly with annuals, you know, supplementing with with a, a synthetic fertilizer isn't necessarily a bad thing just because they take a lot of nitrogen. But for your perennials, trees, and shrubs, I haven't put any fertilizer on my my stuff this year, not one bit. Nice. You know, so it does work. Like you said, it does activate when the temperatures are appropriate. Yes. You know, so it does shut down in the fall, um, which, you know, we talked about Gora at the beginning of the, the show. So that would be a great way to feed your Gora, you know, and it would shut down at the appropriate time. So, um, you know, go ahead. Can I put it? I'd like to tell you how pleased I've been. Remember, 28 years. Yeah. Casella for 13 now. And we just changed the name last fall. I'm so impressed by how John Casella and his management team have embraced resource utilization, optimization. Yes, Casella started as a, as a rubbish waste company. Right. Yes, they run landfills and transfer stations. But every chance they get, they're trying to uh, recycle and optimize. They've just recently gotten approval from the city of Lewiston to put in a zero-sort processing facility. We offer that program roadside, the end of your driveway. Right. Uh, Casella owns the pine tree waste uh, uh, rubbish collection companies. And so anyhow, a lot of good things going on, recovering methane from landfills. We've got an anaerobic digester in Massachusetts where we take food waste from the urban Boston area and mix it with uh, dairy farm cow manure and generate methane, make electricity. Mm. Uh, so there's all kinds of things going on. Uh, we, we work with many municipal towns that have compost facilities of their own, and then we do the distribution because we have a huge uh, sales and trucking network that we tap into to get products out there. Right. And I think it's important, you know, we're we're getting close to wrapping up the show here. Um, but what I, you know, reduce, reuse, recycle. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's been out there forever, that statement. Yes. You know, it's a very simple thing. We can all do it on a certain scale, you know, um, and look for recycled products. You know, composts and, and compost mixes and whatnot 
we're all just spreading waste back onto our gardens. If we all spread it, yep. it disappears. When I was, it was teaching environmental education, I used to say to the kids, think if, if the trees made plastic leaves. Right. And the leaves fell, there'd be a pl- pile of plastic taller than you are eventually. Absolutely. But leaves are nature's example of recycling. Right. They're returned to the soil. So make that part of your practice in landscaping is returning organic material to the soil. Don't take it away. Absolutely. Well, Chris, I'd like to thank you, um, you know, for coming in and spending some time with us today. I think it was very, very beneficial. And, uh, you know, at this point, I want to kind of wrap up the show with the tip of the week. Uh, brought to you by Melna. Um, Maine Landscape and Nursery Association, melna.org. My tip this week is to help mom. You know, let's go ahead and let's, uh, let's, let's, uh, let's make sure she has something special this weekend. Even if it's just a phone call, if it's a nice gift, a hug goes a long way. And what I will say is that you know, cherish her and the moments that you have with her because life is short. And, you know, I, I hope that everybody understands that life is a short situation and you never know when something's going to kind of come along. I hope everybody has their health and happiness on this Mother's Day weekend. Get out there. Yeah, I know it's raining, but there's never a better time to weed in the garden or spread mulch, right? <laughs> you got it. Than in the rain. Well, I don't know, maybe when it's sunny out. But, you know, um, come to the Garden Center. I'll be in the Yarmouth store. Please don't hesitate to go ahead and say hi. If you have a question, please call in next week. Visit us at estabrooksonline.com backslash radio to submit your questions if you don't feel like calling. We always can bring those up along the way. And please cherish mom. Have a happy Saturday. WLOB Portland and WLOBRadio.com.